Welcome in to the third edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. I am at TJ McBride NBA. And to my right, how is this episode number three? I don't know. Dude. Like, I'm already, tired. Like, I, I can't count. It's like just so weird, man. It's like these days just blend together. Tell the people it's who like you fantastic. are. Fantastic. But yes, <laughs> I am Anilo Piro alongside here with TJ McBride. We lock down all things Denver Nuggets from MyLife Sports, uh, MyLifeSports.com, the magazine and radio for that matter. In addition to our fantastic crew, including but not limited to Dev Johnson, King of Thornton, Jeff Morton, Brendan Vogt, Matt Smith, the whole squad locking down some fantastic Nuggets coverage from MyLife Sports. Yeah, that's what we do. We talk way too much about the Nuggets, but let's get into this game the Nuggets just finished up a 115-100 victory over the Los Angeles Lakers and the Nuggets were without three of their starters there's no Wilson Chandler (laughs) there's no Paul Millsap and there's no Nikola Jokic and yet somehow the Nuggets managed to come out and just play incredible I mean it was a close game throughout the game but the resiliency that they showed was something that we have not seen from this Nuggets team yeah, I mean, the word that I've kind of used to describe this game is unity. And, yeah. you know, consider you kind of alluded to it, but considering the circumstances that the Nuggets had to deal with, you know, like you said, being down Wilson Chandler and then being down easily your best two players in Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic, the fact that these guys, and it's, when I mean these guys specifically, Trey Lyles, Mason Plumley, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray, the fact that you're able to insert two new starters into that lineup and have the success that you did, uh, it's really a testament to the resiliency that this team it plays with. And it's that mindset. Absolutely. I mean, when you look across the actual box score, I mean, Mason Plumlee starting to place in Nikola Jokic was a plus 28 in a 15-point win in 31 minutes. He had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, was 5 of 8 from the field, only had one turnover. I mean, when you get that kind of productivity and in place of Nikola Jokic, who was just so incredible for this Nuggets team, that is just staggering for me. And then you look at Kenneth Fareed, who had 13 and 9 tonight on 6 of 7 shooting, as well as Trey Lyles, who had 18 points and on 6 of 9 shooting. You can't ask for more production out of your replacements at that point. No, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, like the, we, we talked about this in the Periscope that we do, and if you guys want to go check that out, be sure to follow uh, the Mile High Sports Twitter, at Sports and at TJ McBride NBA. Um, but the way that Trey Lyles was kind of able to integrate himself within this team, I mean, so seamless. Uh, it looked like this was a guy that's been playing with them, you know, in-game minutes, critical game minutes all year. That's well, not just like. that. He was needed. The way he plays his skill set, the way that he spaces the floor, the way that he can play on the perimeter as a big, it was needed. They needed that spacing so desperately tonight, and that was what allowed the lane to open up for Jamal Murray, who ended up going off for 28 points tonight and got to the line eight times. Like, that is what you needed to see, and even Will Barton, who struggled shooting tonight, he was 4 of 11 from the field and 1 of 7 from 3, but he was 7 of 7 from the free throw line. These guys were getting to the bucket, and it was because of the spacing that Trey Lyles provided. It was because of the spacing that Gary Harris and Jamal Murray provided, and that was what really opened up the court for them. No, I, exactly. I mean, I don't think you could hit it, uh, hit it, you know, more properly than that. And Coach Michael Malone talked about it, you know, ahead of this game, a uh, shoot around this morning of we believe that we can run a lot of what we do through Nikola Jokic with Mason Plumlee. Yes. Uh, and Mason Plumlee, to his credit, did a fantastic job of maintaining uh, those core values of what makes this Nuggets team as good as they are at times. Uh, the offense, you know, was a little tick behind that first, same with the defense, but they got better as the game went along, which shows the adaptation abilities that a lot of these guys have. Yeah, you, you really 
couldn't hit it more on the head with the resiliency side of this because I talked to Will Barton after yeah. the game and he blatantly told me he was like these past two games against the Bulls and then against the Lakers these are games we flat out don't win last year then mm-hmm. I yeah. asked him I was like how much of this goes back to last year being one game out of the playoffs and how the way things kind of finished out he was like that, that, that's everything like we want to win now mm-hmm. there's a passion behind this team and that's what you saw tonight and this says I know it's cliche and I know it's the Sixers term but the term trusting the process yeah. I think is exactly what the Nuggets have to or they've been doing is listen it's that's almost, a great point yes it's almost impossible you know to do what Cleveland did when LeBron James came there and that's because LeBron James came there after leaving from Miami yeah he uh, allowed it, them to tank it, essentially yes, exactly and it's the Nuggets are we've talked about this in between a rock and a hard place in terms of having so much young talent and some veteran talent and it's starting to kind of catch it, catch up to itself, per se. Yeah. Gary Harris, we talked about this on the car ride over to the studio. I mean, this is a guy that he's just 22 years old, but, I mean, he's playing like a 26-year-old. Yeah. I mean, this is what he looks like on the court. The maturity that these guys are displaying at such a young age is what's going to help carry this team above and beyond for the future. Yeah, I want to go back to what you said about, you know, quote-unquote, yeah. trusting the process, because this is a Nuggets team that was obviously a young up-and-coming team last year. They mm-hmm. weren't expected to make the playoffs. They weren't really going to be this dominant-style team in any capacity, but you see that growth this year. You see them not just trying to learn to be a good basketball team, but you see them desperately wanting to win, desperately wanting to prove things. They didn't have that last year. Well, and here's one thing, and I know everyone loves to rip them about their play on the road, but it's baby steps. This is a team that, for the most part, it was a coin flip whether or not they were going to win at home last year. Yeah. They're now making it so they everyone knows when they come to the Pepsi Center, we are going to win games at Pepsi Center. Yeah. That's just the way it's going to be. 10-2 and two on the year at home, seven wins in a row at the can. Fantastic stuff for this team. So I, Nuggets fans love to blow this team up on the road, but look at the progress that's in front of your eyes. People want to become so rich and get all, reap the rewards so quick, but you know it goes into trusting that process, slow and steady steps. You can't be the you know the Clippers, or not the Clippers. You can't be the Cavaliers. You yeah. can't be the Boston Celtics of the. I mean, you can be the Boston Celtics almost. eventually. Like in four or five years, you very well can be. I, I totally agree with that, but. It's the growth of this team that has blown my mind. And because the internal growth. Internal the growth, growth of the coaching staff, yes. the growth of the players. And, you know, a lot of the, obviously you watch the players and whatnot. But I was talking about this with Jeff Morton, I think it was the maturity that Malone showed to stick with Mason Plumlee at center, to stick with his decision-making and let the guys play through their mistakes. I want to go back to the decision-making that you're talking about with with Michael Malone because Michael Malone, throughout training camp up until basically right before the game tonight, had said, I don't like Kenneth Farid and Mason Plumlee together. Flat This is is something that makes me nervous. That is what allowed all the conversation about Trey Lyles potentially being the guy to take Kenneth Farid's roster spot ended up coming into fruition, but... He stuck with Kenneth Freed and Mason Plumlee down the stretch, and he was absolutely rewarded by that because Kenneth Freed was a monster on the glass. He was playing very good defensively tonight, and he was everywhere on the court. And Mason Plumlee managed to be able to make the spacing work, even though there wasn't as much space. It was absolutely paramount that Malone stuck with those two of them. And yes, there's not very many players that he could play at this juncture, but... Because he had the faith in those two guys, the Nuggets were able to come, with, come away with a victory tonight. Malone is a stickler when it comes to preparation, but there is such thing as over-preparation, which can come back and bite you. you know? Yeah, and, so Tim Connolly calls that a paralysis by analysis. There you go, yeah. and that's it, it, a very valid kind of analyzation of that, because I feel like so many, I mean, not, I know this for a fact, if you watch when the Nuggets get behind, specifically on the road, it's middle of the first quarter, they get they go, they're down like on a 
It's after the starters yeah, like leave. Like a thirteen yes. to two run or something like that. And Malone calls the anger fiery timeout. Timeout. And we saw that I think it was the Sacramento game when Wes Unsell Jr. was the head coach or the interim head coach for that game. He let them play through the mistakes. Yes. He let his young players learn because even if the outcomes don't, you know, if, if they don't bounce back and say that deficit, you know, just increases, at least your players get that bad taste in their mouth and they understand. Oh, we can't just let Coach bail us out with a timeout. Yes. And that's the thing is that Michael Malone allowed them to play yes, through their mistakes and, and tonight. He in and of itself, you can almost make the case that he's his own worst enemy. And he's mm-hmm. been he's yeah, been a large valid. reason that the Nuggets have struggled uh, in a lot of their closing aspects and their performance outside of you know the the, the players and whatnot. Uh, a large reason has been the methodology in which Malone integrates that team and where he calls timeouts and the rotations and whatnot. But you're seeing him fine tune some things. The core values of how he coaches are still intact, but he's making the right decisions. He is making the right decisions, and that's so important. And this is the thing. It's not like you can't be a head coach that is fiery and trying to get guys going, but also not call timeouts. When you look at the first half, the Lakers outscored the Nuggets 38-18 to in the paint. When you look into the second half, the Nuggets outscored the Lakers 38-14 to in the paint. Yes, Malone allowed them to play through their mistakes, but he made adjustments at halftime. Yes. He got through to his team. They adapted on the fly, and it paid off. But I want to get into the second half. It's easy, easy to talk about the first half and the struggles they may have gone through, but what the Nuggets were able to do in the second half was absolutely staggering. They held the, the Lakers to 36.7% from the field, 33% from three, and they took 18 of them, so that's a big deal. And then he proceeded to out-rebound them, which was not happening earlier in the game, and they outscored them 60-41. to 41. The Nuggets only turned the ball over four times in the second half and forced 12 Laker turnovers in the second half for 18 points. The Nuggets flipped a switch, man. It's a switch that I've never seen been flipped before. Not like this. No, this I, is really impressive. This is a team that like literally took it from being one of the worst defensive teams to, okay, we're going to play the lockdown defense to a T. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, the Nuggets were tied 100-100 at about 4 minutes and 25 seconds Trading left. Blowed. Or whatever it was. Yeah, 100-100, and everyone was hot. It was going well for both teams. The Nuggets put Gary Harris in oh my and just stepped on the throats. They ended up forcing four turnovers in that last four minutes of the game, went on a 15 to nothing run, and ended up just wiping the floor with the Nuggets, or with the, with the Lakers. It was I, incredible. Gary Harris ranks fifth in the NBA in steals yes. per game. Yes, behind Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Ben Simmons, and Chris Dunn. Yes. So outside of Chris, I mean, not to, dis- not to disrespect Chris Dunn by any means, but Russell Westbrook, Paul George, those are two of the biggest names. Some of the best uh, defenders. Ben in terms Simmons, of a number one too. overall draft pick uh, a couple seasons ago. Uh, Gary Harris is making, is transforming himself into an elite defender, slowly but surely, and just an elite all around player. You're seeing the signs that that's what he's going to be. I, I, I can't stress enough. Uh, also, the leadership aspect of Gary. Yeah, man. I mean, 22. You forget that he's 22. Mm-hmm. You think he's like 30 and played in the league <laughs> for like eight years. Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. His look, his demeanor, his composure. It's all in the making of what you want in an NBA player. Especially because you look at the box score tonight and you're like, all right, he had 13 points, but he was five of 15 from the field, which is awful for him and because active. he's so e- efficient. And he was one of eight from three. Those are awful numbers, but. He added six assists to the menu. He had four steals to go with that. And, four. And ended up being a in second place on the team as a plus 20 and plus minus tonight. And it, I think this is what I love about Gary. He also is, led the team with 34 If I can't well. beat you in one way, I can beat you in yep. five others. And yep. that's and that's something that I think the entire team needs to get into. You know, we saw Jamal Murray, before he kind of exploded onto the scene, over-dribbling a little bit. You saw the hesitation versus... Because you, you, he gets in the mindset of, I need to score. I need to be a true point guard. 
look at Gary Harris as a guy, the shot's not falling tonight. My passes aren't as crisp. What other ways can I do that are working for me? Play to your strengths, not your weaknesses. I think Gary does the best job at that on the roster. You really can't argue that fact. And I want to get into something else about the Nuggets as a team. We talked about how the fact that is that they probably lose this game last year. Yes. To really put this into perspective, the Nuggets tonight were minus 13 rebounding. They were turning the ball over to start badly. They gave up 21 points of only 12 turnovers. They gave the Lakers 52 points in the paint and 23 second chance points. The Lakers were, had 13 fast break points, which was more than the Nuggets. And somehow the Nuggets won by 15. Everything what, went they, against them. Like they, Everything They did. won by 15 because of the last five minutes. Yeah, but still, they traded blows, no, kept themselves no, in the game. I, I, but I'm saying, you saw them when the going got tough, you saw them take it up a notch. Yep. That's something that we just never see. I mean, we see this team, like you said, we've alluded to it a few times. Last year, this is a game that they lose on a 24-5 to run. Yeah, you know, and they get blown off the court, and Michael Malone loses his mind after the game and calls out <laughs> his players. I mean, that's the, that's what it looked like. And I, I'll be truthfully honest: in games that I've been at, in terms of Pepe Center, I have not had those thoughts in my head at once. Yeah, it's in true. In terms of oh, here we go again, that has not crept into my mind yet. In games that I have witnessed in person, I mean, there's this term "nug life" that floats around yeah. the Nuggets Twitter sphere, and it's essentially like when you go back to the Portland game to start the year last year, when Kenneth Fareed just completely misses his rotation, and Damian Lillard gets a layup at the rim off an alley oop pass to score and win them that game that's a nug life situation mm-hmm. that people kind of hold on to when you're tied 100 100 and you want a 15 to nothing run in four minutes that's the anti-nug life that's them changing the culture on a fundamental and systematic level yeah no i mean i wholly agree i mean i think you've hit it on the head and all that aspect one thing that i do want to specifically get to is and it's kind of funny to me and i want to just we, we talked about the nuggets lakers rivalry kind yeah. of being renewed and i <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I found it kind of funny because you know you think back to like two two or three years ago it was supposed to be d'angelo russell versus emmanuel moody <laughs> oh my that, god i can't like, this is crazy like, yeah, you know what right. i'm saying like it, that was it and those two guys hated each other every time they played it's turning into jamal murray versus lonzo ball i mean there was chippiness in that one lonzo would airball the crowd got into it i i, I the way i kind of described jamal murray's demeanor in this game was like a college player but under control the the enthusiasm the excitement the pumping up of the crowd yeah you saw and we talked about this on the last podcast i asked you the question do you think that um jamal's gonna come into this game with a little bit of an extra chip on his shoulder just because yes. he's playing lonzo he didn't come in with a chip on his shoulder he came in with uh, a ball of energy and basically went into get out of my way Lonzo Ball you are garbage compared to me yeah. and straight up embarrassed the kid and not only that he then proceeded to dribble around him as time was oh, expiring was and they fouled him even though the game was over and out of reach and out of hand and the game was done because they were so frustrated with him Jamal Murray was asked about that after the game and he was like you know what yeah I probably went a little, a little far granted he was smiling the oh entire time gosh. while saying this and then he said the perfect words everyone's got to have a rivalry right. It's phenomenal. He has that old school mindset that you love of killer. And not only that, he went out of his way to tweet after the game. First time I got this much hate, LOL, we just playing ball. It's, it, is it's Jamal fa- Murray stoking the flyer? Does he want this to be a rivalry? Hell yeah, he yes, does. Did he you does. see him walk out of the, the, the locker room today? It is, he had his hater shades on, his sunglasses, oh, red, nice he red was, jacket. He was in a suit. He was, <laughs> he was walking out of there like, oh my gosh, I'm the guy. I'm the talk of the town. Ta- it's the confidence, and you can't blame him for that. It's been a long time coming for this kid. Uh, listen, 
I'm sick and tired of this Lonzo crap. I really am. It's, it's so much. It drives me insane. I mean, I get, there's a lot of uneducated fans out there that want to leach on to him just because of his name. And I'm like, if you look at the X's and O's, then you don't really know basketball if you're going to leech on to that. So I love the fact that a guy like Jamal Murray, playing in a smaller market like Denver, struggling like he has throughout the majority of the year, able to come up on a, on a, good, on a good perspective and flat out annihilate the kid yeah. and make him rattle to the point that he wasn't comfortable at all. I mean, he looks shook, man. Well, he had nine yeah. points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and five turnovers on four of ten from the field. He was all right in the first half. He was getting buckets in transition, but he was just getting annihilated. He had five turnovers in 33 minutes The tonight. Nuggets forced him to play his worst basketball when it mattered most. Yeah. Plain and simple. And that's very important. I mean, that you really couldn't have hit that more on the head because when you look at what they did in the second half, Lonzo Ball had zero points, two assists, and three turnovers on 0 of 3 shooting and 0 of 2 from 3. Like, they just ate him alive. He was a second on the team worst, negative 17 in 16 minutes after they got beaten by 19 in the second half. Like, they took it at him. They wanted to get to Lonzo. And this is the thing. Michael Malone mm -hmm. pulled Jamal Murray aside and told him to get at him. Like you, the, yeah. the Nuggets did not make Lonzo feel them, is what Malone said. Mm -hmm. So he told Jamal, "Go get him." Like we're not playing anymore. So Lonzo, not only did he beat up Lonzo, he embarrassed Lonzo, and he then continued to embarrass Lonzo until there was a reaction from the Lakers at the end of the game. This is going to be a rivalry. That it was the steering. Big Brother Little Brother stuff. I mean, it yeah, was, it was Big Brother with, with with the stick saying, "Hey, you can't beat me. You can't beat me. Let's go play basketball again." And then you let him get close, and then you swat the shot and dunk right over him. Obviously, I love the pettiness. Murray, I don't even exactly, care. it's the pettiness of "Ha ha, got you this time." <laughs> yeah. And listen, now they're going to have to back it up. If this is going to be a rivalry, these guys are going to play a lot more, the games are going to be a lot more meaningful, and there's going to be some bad blood. I think it's a good thing for the league, and I think it's a good, for, a good thing for the Nuggets to have that in a team like Portland as well uh, as well as another guy. Uh, teams that they know when they play against that they need to go in and win. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I really, and we kind of posed the question here, what can Jamal and I'll follow this up? Because if this is a game that kind of triggers him per se, and he can get rolling, uh, it's a testament to what these kind of games and those moments mean. Well, I think the reason why he was able to get going was because he's no longer a fourth or fifth option on yeah. the floor. Because with, with, with the old school starting lineup of him, Gary Harris, Wilson Chandler, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, there are four guys who were legitimately just ahead of him in the pecking order. I mean, he's a 20-year-old starting point guard. He, he should not be given the reins the way that Moody no, did no. his first year. So that is to be expected. But like we said on the podcast last time, Jamal Murray is a rhythm shooter. He wants to feel comfortable and in rhythm. And when you're the fifth option, it's very hard to do so. The Nuggets, it was a requirement that he play well tonight. Yeah. They needed him to play well tonight for them to be able to come away victorious. And because that pressure was on him, because he was the guy, it showed tonight what he can do in rhythm, what he can do with confidence. And I think we will see that continue because they're not going to be with Nikola Jokic or Paul Millsap for the foreseeable future. No, yeah, I mean, without a doubt. A, a gritty win nonetheless all around. Um, I, I Listen... You, you, it was a great night for this team and for the franchise even. Le Fat Lever getting his jersey retired, which was a great. We should have even talked about that. No, let, let's talk to. about that here real quick. Just your overall takeaways on that. Fat Lever is one of the greatest dudes there is. I was I felt so blessed because he was signing autographs for like thirty minutes before the game, and I kind of like waited around hanging out, talking to Mike, who's been one of the security guys there for twenty years. And Fat kind of finished up when I walked over and was like, "Dude, congratulations!" He was like, "No, man, like, go enjoy the game, have a good night." And I was like, 
fat. Your jersey is being retired yeah. by the Nuggets. Like, don't be telling me to go enjoy myself. Like, you enjoy your night. But that's the kind of guy he is. He is altruistic to a fault. He cares about everybody around him more than he almost cares about himself. And I was, I was on the court. You know, witnessing that you know firsthand, close up and personal, and I couldn't help but smile a little bit. And he, yeah. he, he said something. The one thing that really stood out to me, he says, "There's three reasons why I meet people: for a season, mm. a reason, and a lifetime." Yep. And to me, it kind of shows, you know, that life is it's life. It's not just basketball. Mm-hmm. It's not just getting your jersey hung up in the rafters. It's you went through a journey. Yeah. With guys from high school, college, professionally, and that still have an impact on your life. And I, I don't think I've met. I mean, we saw Matumbo get his retired jersey retired and whatnot, and I'm not trying to discredit that, but Fat was just so gracious. Bla- it was so blissful to him yes. to be there, and, and you could see the magnitude and how much it truly meant to him. And just to extrapolate on that, I mean, who was his keynote speaker? Alex, his best English, friend, his one of his best, best friends. Friend. And like I've talked to Alex a few times, and Alex and him like still have a group yeah. chat where they text nonstop. Like they're represented by the same. They person. were calling each other nicknames on yeah. the intro. I mean. Yeah. Like these are people it who was love so cool, each man. other. Those and are listen, family. You got to tip your cap to the Nuggets as well yeah. for finally getting around <laughs> to honoring this thing or just yeah. the, the history of their franchise. The Cronky family has done a good job at that. And I mean, it's not like it's it's recently fair weather. Yes, recently. Um, it's not like it was fair weather either. Like the presentation, the ceremony itself was well. Put, it was put yes, together it was. nicely. They was methodical uh, it was, and it was thought thoughtful. Out and they wanted it to be that um, way. And I, I just love the way that they brought. In fat brought some high, kids from his uh, the local. I believe it was the high school that he went to. Yeah. Um, did a lot of good stuff. But uh, listen. Off the court and on the court, Fat Lever is just a good dude. Yeah. Answered every question with respect. And, and again, I, I said it once, the blissfulness that came out of him. You just ecstatic. Just, it was the, gra- the gratuity. I mean, he, he was just sitting there and he was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Because he was. He's a very un- unheralded player considering the the amount of emphasis and the amount of incredible Considering how good he was. He was incredible. This is ahead of his time, dude. 43 triple-doubles, I believe, is what the number is. Just in the Nuggets uniform. And the funniest part of that is he said that the, the hardest part of getting those triple-doubles was scoring the points. Yeah, I know. He, he, told, know, he, he told me that a couple yeah, times. Yeah, he said, you know, I could just dish it off to Alex, and I was <laughs> yeah. athletic enough to go up and get rebounds, but scoring was the biggest problem and whatnot. <laughs> but listen, great night for the Nuggets, great night for Fat Lever, who, by the way, is a big fan of this young Nuggets team, really, really likes Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. You want to know who his favorite player is? Who? Gary Harris. Yeah, that's right. And for Gary good was reason. Like blown away when he said that too. It was really cool. It's an to honor, say. man. I mean, like people just forget how good that guy was. Yeah. I mean, you and I did not get a chance. Did you get a chance to see him play at all? When did he retire? Fat? I don't know when he retired. Oh, Fat retired in the late eighties. Okay. Yeah. yeah he... I knew he was. Yeah, but I, I never got to see him play. He was well before my time. But it's the lasting effect. And I mean, I moved here five years ago, and that was the big thing that I got from the Nuggets. Is what? Where's the history? I, yeah. I knew Carmelo, and I knew AI, but I didn't know anything before that. And the fact that they're really making an effort to get the city binded into this fantastic job. And it was cool to see, like, like Alex English, when he was talking about him, he was like, I, w- I was so happy to see him on my team. And everyone was like, oh, that's going to be such a sweet moment. And he was like, I hated rebounding and fat love yeah, rebounding. Yeah. Like, it was just such like a, it was such a playful banter. And they were just, you could just. Playful, that's a very good You could good just tell that they just loved Friends. being around each other. And Friends they just loved on a the situation, that they were finally back with the Nuggets organization. And there's a lot of players that play on a team together that when they're done playing, <laughs> never talk to each other again. They just sometimes don't talk to each other when they're playing yes, together. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, there's a few instances we could think of now around the league. Uh, yes, and but like you said, it, it's more. Shouts than George Hill for hating where you're at. By the way, you can always <laughs> come to Denver. Stuff. We're here waiting for you. Um, we no, talk yeah, about Will good Barton. Stuff. Yeah, we, let, yeah, we do need to talk about because him because Will Barton the throughout the first half was struggling. Will right. Barton had three points, two rebounds, one assist. He did have four blocks in the first half, yeah. by the way, which was insane, and three turnovers. So he was not playing well. He was a team worst, negative fourteen. He then comes into the second half. All right, he puts up. 
well, I mean, here it is. 13 points, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal, and is a plus 14, and was massive in that second half and in the fourth quarter, defensively and offensively. He didn't make his first bucket until the fourth quarter, yeah. and he proceeded to end up putting in, what was it, 15 points throughout the rest of the night? It was incredible watching him play, in my, in my opinion. For him to bounce back from struggling that much to be so instrumental in their victory, that takes a lot of guts. It takes that whole next play yeah. mentality, and very, very few people have the confidence to pull that off. It's a testament, man. It, it's the grit and the will to win. And yes. that's something that's, it, it, listen, different players do different things on different nights. But overall, that's the common thought process for the most part at home. Yeah. I, that, that has to translate on the road because I feel like they do tend to roll over on the road. But they know that they can win every single game if they want to here at Pepsi Center. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Will Barton led the Nuggets in scoring in the second half after being awful yeah. in the first half. Yeah, it was like, awesome. It was absolutely special to watch him play all across the board. We haven't talked about Trey Lyles enough yet. He was incredible as well. He yeah, had, I mean, he it was a plus 13 in the second half. Everybody was great tonight. Like, it's just crazy looking up and down this box score and being like, this game was at 100 and 100, and then everyone just took off. Mm-hmm. And, and Julius Randle bullied them. Yeah, he, he deserves a shout. He was awesome tonight, man. Here's a funny story, actually. I, I don't know if you know this. So Julius Randle's now wife, her younger brother went to my high or goes to, went to my old high school. What? So my senior year of high school, we're tailgating like before a high school football game. And Julius and Randall just walks by. Up. I'm sitting here, I'm like, uh, hello. Like this is before I ended up getting my job. But <laughs> I, I remember I took a picture with him and like I posted it on the website that I was working for at the time. I'm like, I thought my career was made. I'm like, I just met, <laughs> I met I, him. I, I, did, I, did I didn't even <laughs> ask him a question. I remember I put in the article Eddie Lapiro was trying to get an interview with Julius, Julius Randle. Like, I, it was like my defining moment at the time getting Julius Randle, seeing him at a high school football game in Colorado. So just weird little backstory That's there. That's hysterical. That is great. I'll just try to find that picture and tweet it out. Yeah, you really should. Is there anything else you want to talk about tonight? No, man. I mean, like, it's, uh, this is the thing. Is like, This isn't a podcast about individual play. Uh, and that's why it, it's a uni- we've used the word unifying unification a lot. It was a good, solid 115-100 victory for the Denver Nuggets over the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a team win. It was a and team win. And that's the best way I could put it. Yeah, it really was I, a team that's, win. That's it. I mean, I guess if one thing I want to I throw out there is six-game road trip. How does it carry over? Gary Harris talked about communication. I somewhat agree with that, but I, I, I part of me thinks it's the mindset I, for whatever reason. Because it just looks like they give up. They're lifeless at times on the road. Like yeah. how, how do you how does that switch go from on to off? I have no idea. And I think it's more of a like I remember at one point the Rockies, and you would know this, the Rockies did not win on Sunday for like seven months. Yeah. And it was just like this <laughs> weird thing, and they just could not figure it out. There could be a little bit of that with the Nuggets on the road right now. And they're also an extremely young team. They also played the in the buildings that were as difficult for them yeah. to play in. And when you talk about Portland and Utah, and then they got obliterated by Houston. And of course they ran into the inferno of Kristaps Porzingis in New York. Yeah. So a lot of these wins, you can kind of chalk up to well that that can almost be kind of expected to a degree so now what i want to see they're playing teams they should beat on the road they're playing teams that they don't struggle with on the road are they going to be able to bounce back from that this is also an entirely different team right now because you don't have wilson chandler you don't have nikola Jokic, you don't have paul Millsap. so i don't really know where the nuggets are going to go from here it's going to be a completely different outlook than we're used to so i'm really curious to see what they can do that's an interesting kind of point that you you poise and like thinking about it because what do we talk about with Jamal Murray? Why wasn't his shot falling? Because he the, was the fifth option. He wasn't in rhythm. But no, no, no. It was more than that. In terms That's of why like, it was well, me. but no, but in terms of like why was the shot now going into the hoop? He was getting good looks oh, and okay, the mechanics yeah. looked okay, but the ball just wasn't going into the hoop. And you and I both said he's young. You, yeah, you pay your happen. dues and think is that kind of is that possibly what's happening with the defense? It could be. 
I mean, of they're just trying to figure this thing out. They're doing the right things, but it's just taking a while to kick things into gear. It really could be. And is, that, is it as simple as that? Is it as simple as you just need to grind through it? No, there's a lot of other things that go into this. To, to I, the I mean, I agree, I but is that? But I mean, look, you see, obviously, we have to see how Jamal performs now after this game. But we've seen, you know, you could catch lightning in a bottle. Yes. And I'm kind of curious to see if Jamal can bounce back with that. And I think it's going to take that one strong defensive game, potentially. He's been great defensively, you I think. Need that one, you need a benchmark. They don't have a benchmark on defense right good now point. on the road. They don't have a benchmark really on the road at all. So that's just my kind of thoughts on that. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that because it's going to be difficult for them to go on the road. I mean, this is not a very easy stretch of games because it's six games. You're going to be playing Detroit. You're going to be playing Boston. Indiana, who's been really hot recently. They got a back to the Magic, yeah. who have been solid. They got a back to back with Detroit and Boston to finish up that road. Trip. That's going to be tough. So, and I mean, we're obviously you no know, Paul Millsap. Wilson should be good by then, but uh, Nicole Jokic obviously still, obviously still the big question mark with that one. But uh, listen, this is a this is a good six game road trip for them to go on. A mixture of, of you know bottom feeders and a mixture of some of the cream of the crop that the NBA has to offer. Yeah. Also, as we should update the Nikola Jokic injury real quick, because the last podcast we kind of left it hanging because there was still not a lot of information. Yeah. Michael Malone did say that Nikola Jokic is going to travel with the team on their six game road trip. He wants him back by the middle or later part. So if you look at the actual roster of, or the actual schedule, they're going to be playing Detroit and then Boston back to back. I imagine he probably plays in Detroit because you have two days off before that that'll be about 13 days off from the day he got hurt mm -hmm. until that game so hopefully he can come back by then if they want to be extra careful they could have him sit for boston and play the second half of the back-to-back -back in boston sorry sit for detroit and then play boston so but at that that's point, about where the nuggets are expecting him to get back to yeah my gut feeling is you're not going to see him on the six game road trip i'd be shocked i, I think part of the reason is it's we're obviously gonna if they're zero and four like through the first four games, then maybe you're going to see, all right, Yoke, we need you out I don't there. know if it's going to be something like that. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with their record. They're only going to bring him back if he's ready. Plain and simple. It does and, not and, matter. No, and I, I get that feeling too as well, But the, which is why I think they're going to just be the cautious, optimistic route, and which is why I think you're going to see him potentially back here on the 15th on that Friday against New Orleans when they return after that six-gamer. Yep. I want to give one last shout-out because the backcourt, the potential backcourt of the future of the Denver Nuggets was incredible tonight. They had 41 points between the two of them, 10 assists, six rebounds and six steals that is an absolutely incredible game from the backcourt of, of the denver nuggets yeah. considering that neither of them shot that well that's ridiculous, like man. that is mind-blowing again they had 40 percent of the points basically 35 of the it, points it comes down to we can't beat you in scoring we'll beat you in another way yeah and that's exactly what you saw tonight in that 115 100 victory over the lakers on top of that too the canadian contingent of the, of the nuggets that is trey lyles and, and jamal murray they had the, uh, 40 points for the two of them tonight did, that was incredible did trey lyles like grow up in canada no, he's from canada he grew up in indiana okay that's what i thought because i've like, been gary harris a boy yeah, from indiana no, too. that's what i thought because i was like i think i saw the infographic on the pepsi center jumbotron the other day and i was like what? No, like, he, where did he, this he grew up from? in Indiana. He's from Canada. Gotcha. Okay, throw that out there. All but. right. Well, I guess we're gonna end on a really weird note about where Trey Lyles is from. Is that is, anything it, else? Uh, yeah, it's officially Sunday, <laughs> December third, twelve ten in the Mile High City. We're yeah. gonna be doing this a lot. Yeah, I'm we excited. We'll be doing this a lot, and we both have some more writing to do. So I believe this is the time where we sign off. Uh, one, one, one thing I do want to say. Who? What you got? So this is more so about for the night crawlers that are gonna listen to this podcast as soon as it goes up. <laughs> if you want to advertise with us and try to maybe work out some stuff here to you know get involved with the podcast, please, please, please hit us up. We're looking for some, we're, we want to do some exciting stuff. We got some really, really nice ideas kind of in the works, and we're looking for a partner to kind of help make those uh, make that a reality and really enhance Nuggets coverage to the max. So be sure to hit me up on Twitter at a 
Piro Sports at TJ McBride NBA. You guys could email me at AniloVPiro at gmail.com. A N I E L L O V P I R O at gmail.com if you have any interest in that front. That was a great job spelling. I did not imagine the. I'm so used that. to that. That was really no, quick. Well, because on Twitter, on Twitter, or like, or not on Twitter. Like when I do like other shows, like your show, yeah. and when I was coming on guests, like everyone's like, "What's your Twitter handle?" And it used to be Anilo underscore Piro. You and spell like, your name. And they're like, "How the hell do you spell that, kid?" And I'm like, eh. "It's not that hard. It's I before E. Just it's, well, it's, it's not that hard." <laughs> the way I break it down is uh, the name Neil, and then low. Well, now it's we're breaking down your do name it. instead of the nugget. So, so I believe we is. have hit the exhaustion point <laughs> yes, of our night. Little, that's how you know it's done. Bed. We're trying to go to bed. But. but make sure you go check out everything. Follow our podcast handle on Twitter, at Nuggets underscore daily. Follow Anilo at A Piro Sports. Follow me at TJ McBride MBA. Follow Walsh and McBride. Follow the morning slash evening blitz. We are all around doing everything Nuggets, talking about sports everywhere. We'll be back soon with another podcast. Catch you guys later. From the bleachers, they screaming. All the ballers is bouncing. They like the way I be leaning. All the rappers be hating. Hope the trap that I'm making. But all the hustlers, they love it. Just to see one of us making. Came from the bottom with bottom to the top of the pops. London, Japan, and I'm straight off the block. Like a running back. Get it, man? I'm straight off the block. I can run it back. Cause I'm straight.